0: Welcome to our uh, podcast, Um, Emma and I from Ridley Solicitors, we're here to tell you a bit more about the Mutual Home Ownership Society and we're delighted to be joined on this podcast by representatives from Lilac in Leeds, who are a great representative of the MHOS, Uh, we're joined by Max and Celia, welcome both. Hello. (laughs) Um, Guys, if you don't mind perhaps just saying a few words about yourselves and how how you, we uh, were introduced to Lilac and how that came about, and your involvement there—that'd be that be super.
1: Sure. Um. So I um, I moved into Lilac about four and a half years ago. So that was shortly after it was built. <laughs> and um, I moved in with my partner at the time. I had been living in a housing co-op previously. Um. But yeah, we just decided it. It was better to just run one household so i felt very very lucky to move in <laughs> at that point and a bit uh, guilty that i didn't help build it <laughs> but um hopefully i've made up for that i'm currently the secretary of lilac and i'm also involved in the finance task team um and yeah previously previously been involved in the learning task team as well
0: super I see. you
2: And um, I actually moved in just after Celia (laughs) (laughs) about four years ago. uh, My partner had been involved in Lilac for a couple of, well, almost three years before moving. So I've been aware of the project for a long time, and including spent a lot of time there. And just decided, yeah, I'd really like to move in with her, but also move into Lilac too. So um, yeah, joined in June two thousand and fourteen, and I'm now one of our treasurers at Lilac. um, So I'm involved in our finance team, but also our landscape team too. Fantastic, thank you. So, so l- listeners to this
0: podcast will um, will potentially not have heard of Lilac, but they are um, they are a, a, a predominant name uh, amongst housing cooperatives. They're not a, a, a dare I say they're not a, a usual housing cooperative. There are some very niche elements um, to them, but they are an excellent way of of trying to keep housing affordable, which in today's Society is a huge problem, and this operates as a great model to try and tackle that crisis. Um, so, but just to introduce our listeners to what what lilac is, what lilac is, and what it's all about. Perhaps you could say a, say a bit more about what lilac actually
3: is. Can Can I just uh, interrupt and just say it'd be quite good if if you could explain what lilac stands for, because I think that is a good way of introducing lilac. Absolutely. <laughs>
2: So let's start right there. So, LILAC has three elements. Um, LILAC stands for low impact, um, it stands for affordability, and it stands for community. So, it's a low impact, affordable community. And those, those three pillars really kind of run through everything we do. So, uh, we're a community of 48 people at the moment, 34 adults, and 14 children. Um, and we're built around co housing principles. So we have a common house in the middle of our site that we we all um, interact with to get our mail, to do our laundry, to cook meals for each other occasionally. Um, So we all have lots of opportunities to meet and bump into each other. So we really are a community. The low impact aspect is that our houses are built to very high standards of insulation. Uh, They take advantage of of solar gain, being south facing. And they have lots of... um, good design principles built into them so things like triple glazed well-sealed windows to ensure that they function well. Uh, we also have um, solar thermal hot water on our houses and solar PV on all of our properties and we have um, sort of some low impact principles about the way we run our site as well. We have sustainable drainage systems you have a pond in the middle of our site that takes all of our surface water, for mm-hmm. example. And the last aspect aspect is affordability, which is what we're really going to talk about in a lot more detail today. Mm
3: -hmm. Okay, so I suppose the next question I'm going to ask Celia actually is, what is the legal entity that is a mutual home ownership society? Absolutely,
1: yeah. So um, the phrase mutual home ownership society is the, the thing that Lilac does differently. But uh, as a legal entity, we are a cooperative. So we were registered as an industrial and provident society, and now that's called cooperative society for, to register today. Um, and that's important to remember. You know, in, in, in that sense, we're the same as a quote-unquote normal housing co-op. Um, the way we do our governance, we we run it all collectively as members. And that's and the members make major decisions. Um, and, and there's a lot more we could say about that side of it but that's, that's all quite standard. Um, the mutual home ownership society bit is what's different um, that, and that's sort of contained within our very fundamental rules um, and that essentially means that um, rather than in a sort of traditional housing co-op where um, members make payments of rent to the landlord, in, in lilac Lilac is the landlord um, but its members own leaseholds as part of Lilac and they make their payments and so instead of just those payments being rent they're paying for equity in the society and that at a fundamental level is the sort of difference but we're still a cooperative.
0: So they're effectively building up a, um, almost like an investment in, in the, in the, um, in the MHOS yeah. um, over time. Um, which is obviously a very different thing to, um, to other sorts of models where there's more of a property interest being, yeah. being purchased.
1: Yeah, and it, it looks quite different so that there's only one mortgage for the whole project that members' payments make contributions to. Rather, than
3: we all have. We don't all have separate ones. Okay. No, and, but as Max said, you're you're built on kind of co-housing principles. so You have your own individual houses, don't you? So it's not like the traditional co-op where you all you're sharing. You're all sharing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And how? And you, Celia, you talks about there being one mortgage and one loan against mm. like that. How? How is? How are the costs of paying for that? How are they serviced? How are they? paid for, how does that proportion against individual um, people living within LILA?
2: So, um, so the starting point is this, is this one loan and in, in the same way as a normal mortgage we're making monthly payments, we're making capital payments and interest payments and there's a relative proportion of those and we pass those on directly to the members so we have uh, around 24 different, um, different mini-loans if you like between members and the society and the members are also making capital and interest payments to the society, which we then pass directly onto the bank. So it's exactly the same, it just follows through in that you have the one uh, loan from trianos which is split 24 ways to the different, um, different loans that we have, have had.
0: So effectively, members are almost paying for their
2: shares, if you will, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So they're either buying their shares up front or they're taking on debt and paying for them over the time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And they also make a payment for you know running costs as well. Ah. That's all rolled into one monthly payment. Super.
0: Yeah. And what would you say? What, what would you say the principal advantages of, of this structure are? Of the of of, of combining an EMOS and um,
2: and a cooperative? What you... Well, we should have said that one of the, the fundamental points of the the principles of EMOS uh, mos is that everyone. Pays the same, or most people pay the same. So everyone pays 35% of their income if they have debt. So that creates um, an element of fairness across the project. People pay yeah, 35% is generally seen as the amount that people can afford to comfortably spend on their housing, um, regardless of their income, and everyone's, everyone's paying that. You know, high owners are paying more, the lower owners are paying less. So this principle of fairness um, flows right the way through. Um, another advantage is, is that people are acquiring something so rather than just paying rent you know here they're acquiring their shares they're they're building up capital in the project which they can then take with them when they leave Mm. so
1: and and that also um gives us a lot of flexibility um within our community to respond if for example somebody's income goes down for whatever reason um it may not be by choice but we have the flexibility to to um, allow allow that to happen without them having to to leave essentially or to lose their home.
0: So you've got it gives you maximum control if you like mm. over your own housing stock and the way you choose to li- you live your daily lives
1: within within Linlithgow. Exactly, yeah.
3: yeah. And and linking the payments to um, to, to income, it, it, I've heard people say before this decouples. Um, kind of the, the cost of living from the kind of housing market and is is that correct
2: <laughs> well yeah there's, there's another reason uh, why um we sort of we decouple from the housing market mm-hmm. and that's that we we control um the value of our of our equity units of our shares so rather than a traditional house increasing in value or decreasing over time and potentially skyrocketing skyrocketing and becoming unaffordable. Our equity units are linked to the rate of increase in average earnings, so they only grow. At, well, at the moment, they've been growing at quite a, a, a low rate, mm. so that's why Lilac is um, affordable initially, but also f- affordable in perpetuity because we're not going to suddenly exploding value. So that's the real way that we're mm. decoupled from the market. Mm. Mm. And what what we've we've known we've known Lilac for.
0: For a, a number of years now, and what I've always found interesting is the amount of um this is a side point really, but the amount of skills that you've all developed in, <laughs> in helping to run this 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 housing cooperative in a way which is um which is all very much understood, but is is challenges thoughts and challenges how you go about and challenges the administration and how you actually undertake the day to day workings of. Of I, we, I thought it might be interesting for our listeners if they perhaps just had a, an understanding of how 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 does somebody how does somebody involve themselves? Like, how do they how do they come in? How do they take a lease? How do they buy shares? How does how does that work?
3: Do you have a membership process to go through uh, I have to join Lyric? Uh, yeah, and then and then also kind of form. Is that what you meant? Yeah, that's the, that, that that's sort of thing. Of, yeah. yeah. More, okay. the, more the more than really practicality. rather than the legal boringness of it all. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Well. Um, so we do have a, a member recruitment process. Um, it's actually quite new. We had an original process, but recently redesigned it and uh, having to use it for the first time. Um, so yeah, and it, it involves you know when a property is going to come up for a vacancy, we'll put out an advert and we'll get interest from people and and we try we don't like to um, Well at the moment we're not setting really strict criteria for, for what a member would be We're really just interested in who's interested in lilac um, And then you know that there, there are there's an application form which is quite short But the main thing is a long getting to know you period we call mm-hmm. it because um, you know obviously somebody would need to afford to live there um, but much more important, in a way, is is it right for them and is it right for us? Um,
3: yeah, because you say, can people afford to live there? Because this is not really kind of low cost living, is it? It's not designed to do that.
1: It's not affordable yeah. in the sense that um, yeah, you. I mean, you do need some income, and yeah. of course, you need to be able to pay a deposit, so you need some capital. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. And we've always been quite clear that it's you know, affordable is a relative term. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
2: the, the way our, our allocation of shares works is that we can move them around. So people take on between 90 and 110% of the value of the property they live in. So we're able to allow someone to move in, even if they can only afford to take on 90% of the, of the value of the property they're living in, which makes things more affordable. It means that you can attract people who otherwise wouldn't be able to live there, but not not everyone can afford to move into into lineup, mm-hmm. As it is, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. That, that that presumably might change in future once you're building off.
2: <laughs> well, this is the thing. We are tied. Our aim is to keep our chef price down yeah. and to remain affordable forever. Yeah. And if the rest of the world explodes in value, then we'll be seen as incredibly cheap yes. compared to that. So. Yeah, because.
3: We often get asked about perpetual affordability, and, yeah. and the only way that we have seen it, it work is really through an MHOs. And mm. I think that's. Do you, do you feel the same? That you've not seen any other thing that works really?
1: No, I haven't really come across anything else no. apart from. You know, you hear sort of covenants and things that try to protect.
3: But then they're not. They they can be challenged. So exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And Emma, this, this this may be a question as much as much for you as the others, but what, what's the when I, when when somebody is bought into life, for a better expression, yeah. what what does their property interest look like? What do they what do they actually get in re- to return? Is that a lease or oh.
3: yeah, a lease? They get a lease. Yeah,
1: okay. <laughs> um, currently yeah, sort of just just under twenty year or twenty years thereabouts. Yeah, um, it gets
3: registered at the land
1: registry. Yeah. Yeah. So, in that sense, they are the homeowner of that property, yeah. absolutely. It's, it's the way they pay for it that's really the difference. Yeah. Um, and, and Lilac as a landlord is, um, you know, that it's, it's quite involved or quite, it's very core to, to the lease, you know, and the relationship between the property owner or the, the householder and Lilac is, is inextricably linked, you know. Mm. And Lilac's a very generous landlord. In many cases,
3: yeah. But really, people aren't buying the property; they're buying into Lila, Yeah. and they're being given this right to live in the individual units, aren't they, in a in a, in a co-housing yeah. style way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And part, so, part of the lease
1: is to take part in running the society. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. so that, that's
0: the main thing. That's a, and that's a key bit to all this, and it? it's that involvement yeah. in the governance yes. of the landlord, yeah. um, <laughs> for which you then have a which you have a property interest, and it's that sort of. That commitment, that involvement, in which makes this and, and other housing cooperatives so interesting, mm-hmm. it's that additional element on how you have tackled affordability, um, which makes the MHOS models so interesting and such a it gives it such potential for for um, dealing with the crisis that we currently face.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now I think we're probably coming to the end of our, our time here. So I was just going to say that that Lilac have a very good web page, You can get more information, and they have open days. Um, and uh, we at Wrigley's are also always open for queries if you have them. So does anybody else want to say anything else? Thanks very much. Yes. Well, thank, thank you. <laughs>